Oh my god, talk get about the hell out of here. You can dude. talk about Rogers get the hell out of here. Okay. Well, what is the need to bring up the Yankees? You it's just, I it's just it's just stuff to bring up. Are you kidding me? Come on, dude! This came out of nowhere! Clemson is a top team. Don't start with that. Clemson's a top team, no doubt. A hundred percent. Unless they're on Saturday. Then, then they might move down. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Goat Chat. We hope you had a great Thanksgiving. We're here for our 55th episode. And as always, we're going to start with the go of the number segment. So we're going to start with the go of the number 55. I'm going to start with you, Mike. Who is your go of 55? I'm going uh, back to the 80s. I'm going with Oral Hershiser. He was a pitcher primarily for the Dodgers. He's a one-time Cy Young winner, won a World Series and a World Series MVP in the 88 year. Um, he was just a really good pitcher overall, uh, 3-4 e- ERA. You know, it's not like he's, you know, this insane once-in-a-generation type pitcher, but he's the best we got for 55. Yeah, that's a great pick, Mike. Um, I'll swing it over to you, Connor. Who do you have? I'm going to go with another linebacker this week. I'm going to go with um, Los Angeles Chargers and New England Patriots linebacker Junior Seau. He's a 12-time Pro Bowler, eight-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro. He was a Defensive Player of the Year in 1992, NFL Man of the Year in 1994. His number 55 is retired by the Chargers. He is in the 1990s All-Decade team and the 100th NFL Anniversary All-Time team. Unfortunately, his life was cut short due to CTE and problems with a, his brain injuries through concussions, but his presence on the field was was unmatched. So, Junior out here, number 55. Yeah, that's another great pick, Connor. Okay, who do you have, Matt? Uh, I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm agreeing on going with a linebacker, but I'm actually gonna go with Derek Brooks here. He was a linebacker for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Obviously, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that won the Super Bowl early uh, in the 2000s, around when we were born. Uh, along with the Super Bowl championship, he's got 11-time Pro Bowl, uh, five-time All-Pro, Hall of Fame, All 2000s Team, 2002 uh, AP Defense Player of the Year, and 2000 Walter Payne Man of the Year. And of course, he's a Hall of Famer. He was just that really big key piece in that Tampa Bay defense that obviously won them a Super Bowl. I think it, it was might have been around 2000, I don't even know, 2002, 2003, 2004, around that time, um, post-Brady, I think. Or not post-Brady, but after Brady won his first one. I think it was like a couple of years after that. Yeah, it's a great that. pick, Matt. Um, I'm going to go with a Yankee and, as always, a baseball person. I'm going to go with Hideki Matsui. He was a great Yankee. He played for them for seven seasons. And, you know, a lot of the players that we talk about in this segment, they've had long careers. He had a shorter career because he had a pretty decent career in Japan as well, and then he came over to the United States and played in Major League Baseball. Um, He played with four different teams, seven with the Yankees, one with the Rays, uh, one with the Los Angeles Angels, and one with the Oakland A's. And he was really solid. He had over 1,200 hits in 10 seasons, which is pretty impressive uh, to compile that many hits in that short amount of time. He was a power hitter as well, 175 home runs. And he hit for average, 282 career hitter. And, you know, what I always remember him, um, what I remember about him is that World Series in 2009, he had the the World Series MVP in game six in the clinching game. He was just outstanding. I think he had six RBIs. 
He had a few home runs in that series as well. And he was just a great Yankee. He was a really solid defender as well. A lot of people forget that before he transitioned over to a DH. So he's one of my favorites and uh, have to go with Hideki for the go the number 55. Can, can we tell that anytime Tommy's talking about a Yankee, his segment just is much longer than when he's talking about a different player? <laughs> I know. I apologize. Well, I watched his Yankeeography the other night because on Thanksgiving, they have like a Yankeeography marathon. Oh my gosh, it was great. Yankeeography on Thanksgiving? Well, they have a marathon every Thanksgiving. Why would I not watch? I didn't watch like the whole day. But Tommy, like, our, our, our Cowboys were on. What are you talking about? It was after the Cowboys. I did uh, watch the Cowboys. Yeah, I see, I see. I, I guess it took place for the Steelers-Ravens game for Tommy then. <laughs> it did. It did. It was around the same time. So, All right. Well, I think these are all four great players. Um, definitely awesome to have four different people named throughout this segment. But we're going to swing it into our next segment. <laughs> Welcome back to Go Chat. We're back with a COVID segment that we got here. We got three different sports to talk about. We got college football. Nick Saban and Ryan Day get, uh, were announced that they're positive for COVID. Obviously, had their games canceled. I know Ohio State, Alabama's got canceled. I think too. I don't think it did. I don't even know who they're playing. I looked today. I don't even think the Iron they're... Bowl. They're playing yeah. Auburn. They're playing they're... Auburn. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. We could have picked that game for Go Picks. Go Picks is in a little while, but. Of course, we got to go through COVID. So Nick Saban tested positive. Ryan Day tested positive. Then you go to college basketball. Uh, we we watched Jim Beheim's press conference yesterday about the NCAA, how the NCAA needs a common standard and how SU had to stay out for 14 days after a positive test. And then we go to the NFL, obviously. The Ravens, a strength and conditioning coach, I think it was, had the symptoms and never said that he did. And then obviously they had an outbreak with the running backs. Lamar Jackson got it. And that game is tentatively scheduled for Tuesday. Hopefully it happens because we obviously picked it. A lot of things to fill. Who do, who wants to talk first about this? You could pick whatever sport you want out of three. Okay. I'll go first. I'll go first. I'll, I'll start with the the Ravens and the the mishap that the strength and conditioning coach had. Um, this has happened a couple times already with the Titans and uh, the Raiders. Um, where they where they have broken protocol. The NFL put these rules in place for these teams to follow and to keep them safe. It is so unfair for all 29 other teams across the league. 31. 31. What do you know? I'm saying with the Titans, Ravens, uh, and Raiders, 32 minus 3 equals 29. So 29 other teams in the NFL to sit there and watch all these teams break protocol and have no punishment um, enforced. I feel like the strength and conditioning coach on the Ravens should be fired. He's putting the players at risk. He's putting the NFL um, prestige at risk. He's putting uh, Sunday's game at risk, or well, now Tuesday's game at risk, right? So a lot of is a lot of stuff is at stake here, and he's probably going to get a slap on the wrist. That, that's about it. I feel like the NFL needs to come down with a much harsher punishment. Punishment. They should have with the Titans and them practicing uh, outside the facility when they weren't allowed to practice at all with uh, the Raiders offensive line and, and what they did over there. And I feel like the NFL needs to come down and really set um, a standard that they haven't set this whole season. If they don't set the standard, you're going to see more teams and more outbreaks occur. And the NFL is going to have a problem on its hands. 
Well, you know, I feel as though the NFL has been kind of wishy-washy with their punishments through COVID because, I mean, the beginning of the season, we saw Sean McVay, John Gruden, I don't remember the other, Pete Carroll, I think. They were all fined $250,000 for not wearing a mask. And there was an additional fine against the team. So I, I would say that that's a pretty, a pretty hefty fine towards the coaches and the team. But then once you get into this, then it kind of switches and then there isn't that huge disciplinary action where kind of like what Jim Beheim was saying about the common ground in basketball for, for NFL, there just has to be a common ground where you need the discipline to, to stay the same. Tommy, you have any thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree with you there. I think that there does have to be some common ground there. And, you know, with Jim Beheim. I don't know. That was kind of interesting because you heard that, um, you know, there was a little back and forth between Syracuse and Bryant. The Bryant coach said that they tried to cancel the game on multiple occasions. I think he said five different times and Syracuse insisted on playing. And then, you know, Jim Beheim he said that they made a mistake by playing and, you know, Syracuse did end up getting the win in that one by a point, but um, you know, I, I, I think he is right that there does have to be some common ground, um, you know, with that. But um, thankfully, everybody's healthy now. And, you know, it ended up working out in that sense. But no, I agree there. Yeah, definitely with the Baltimore Ravens. I think that the NFL needs some harsher punishments. I don't know if it should be a forfeit. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know how harsh that would be to the Ravens. But that did cost. That game was supposed to be Thursday night. And we know Thursday night Thanksgiving games, how they are. Like, they're, they're probably one of the most watched on Thanksgiving alongside, in my opinion, probably the Cowboys game that's at 425-ish. Um, so that put that postponed to Saturday, Sunday. And then we find out that the Ravens are canceling their um, workouts or facilities through Monday or Sunday, Monday. Yep. So then they have to move that game to Tuesday. And then they have to move the Cowboys-Ravens game that was supposed to be on Thursday all the way to Monday, I'm pretty sure. So they're literally, like, bending their backs for the Baltimore Ravens to get them accommodated when I honestly just feel bad for the Steelers because this happened already with the Titans. It's it's just not fair for them. It's not fair for the rookies coming out, going to play Thanksgiving. I know Chase Claypool and Juju and Eric Ebron were vocal on Twitter. So I, I don't think the I don't think the NFL is being fair at all to the teams that are being affected by this. Like Mike said, the 29 other teams, not counting the Ravens, uh, Raiders, and Titans. So I just think the the NFL needs a common ground here. They need something to put in place and stick by it, or else these teams are just going to be abusing the uh, COVID protocols that are set in place for a reason. Well, you know, Matt, you mentioned the uh, the the possibility of a Baltimore Ravens forfeit. But uh, Adam Schefter reported that if there were a forfeit in the NFL, Pittsburgh Steelers players would not get paid for that game. So, so it'd be a, it'd be a win for the team per se. But as far as the players, they're going to be losing money. And in the hindsight, losing money when they're millionaires maybe not be the biggest of deal. But they're still not getting their paycheck for a game that they were supposed to play. Yeah, that's pretty. Uh, it's just uh, I think either way we're going, it, it's just messing with the Steelers but the, the the fact that they have had these protocols in place since training camps started and yet we're still seeing these things 
it, it, it just shows throughout the country. I mean, our, our cases are on the rise throughout the country and people look to NFL teams, especially younger people. They look to athletes and everything to show, to show that they're going to stand up and make a change. And it just doesn't seem to be happening. And it's just unfortunate. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Connor, that there are millions and millions of uh, kids and e even adults who their role models are these NFL athletes and they're being irresponsible, you know, going out, breaking protocol and e even like the coaches and God forbid any of these um, athletes um, uh, passed away due to this virus or, or you know, became very ill or, or sick, right? I know Andy Dolan was very ill. I know. Uh, on Thanksgiving, he said he still couldn't taste uh, or smell any food or anything like that. So, um, yeah, the NFL just needs to really crack down on this. I know, you know, they haven't done it before, but it's better late than never. And they have to set a precedent. They have to show that they have a backbone and that they won't back down to one team out of 32. I mean, they, they have to come down hard on the Ravens, even though they haven't done it before. They just have to set a standard here. I completely agree with you guys. And you know, you mentioned coaches, so I think we kind of swing this over to the uh, the two big name coaches, two top four coaches in the college football right now. Nick Saban has tested positive. It was the second time that he had tested positive. The first time was a false positive. He was able to coach that time, but he now is experiencing mild symptoms as well as Ryan Day of the number four Ohio State Buckeyes. Their game was actually canceled today. They're not going to be playing Illinois. But as of right now, the Alabama-Auburn game, Iron Bowl, is on for 3.30 today. So I guess I just kind of want to get your guys' outlook on if our college teams doing what they should be as to why coaches are getting COVID, or or what, what do you guys think? I feel like um, colleges are, as a whole are struggling with uh, the COVID outbreaks and stuff like that. So I feel like colleges need to crack down on uh, on more and same with the NCA, I feel like, um, along with the NFL, that they have to uh, enforce their policies and protocols more strictly, and the same the same goes for the colleges. So they they just gotta crack down on it. And if they have a good plan in place, then you will be seeing less and less cases across um, the NCAA. To me, I feel like I don't know if you guys felt like this too, but I feel like the NCAA rules are more lenient than. A professional league like the NFL because I saw coaches like have their masks off like at least like the mask rule on the sidelines I've seen coaches with their masks off I've seen them, them hugging so I feel like NCAA rules are definitely more lenient than the NFL rules or like uh, a professional sports organization like maybe the MLB or the, the NHL or the NBA so I don't know if that's gonna that's playing a toll with the cases but uh, I definitely think the NCAA has to uh strike down on this i feel like the ncaa strikes down on a lot of things but like not this i mean <laughs> well I, I think i think with college football's case and ncaa in general is that within the ncaa there's also these different conferences you have the big 10 you have the sec you have the apc you have the pac-12 you have the sun east I, that's not the name of it but sun Sun but they all have their own commissioners and presidents where they can enforce their own rules as a conference and these teams, they, they're getting rules from the NCAA and then they're getting rules from their conference. And then they don't necessarily know which ones to follow or which ones to enact on. And it's just, it's a very confusing process. But I want to switch. If this Alabama game does get played at 3.30, does the presence of Nick Saban not being on the sideline affect Alabama? 
I think it certainly does affect them in some way because, you know, he's one of the best coaches of all time. But in another sense, earlier in the year when he had that false positive, they didn't think that he was going to be able to be at the game. So they've they've kind of had like a, a test, right, of preparing as if he's not going to be there. So I think that could help a little bit. Uh, but, you know, I, I certainly think it affects it. But at the same time, I think they're going to win the game. I think they're just a really good team. And they're, they're still going to win with them because they have a great coaching staff. But, um, you know, I – They'll miss his presence there, but they're still um, really good, and they're going to win. Um, are we? At, we were talking about performance-wise, obviously, without Nick Saban. Right, right, right. I don't think it does affect them. I think, like Tommy said, they they have prepared before with to have without him, and I just think that team is extremely talented. And like every Alabama team, without Nick Saban, I'm not saying Nick Saban doesn't get the credit for how good they are, because obviously, yes, he's one of the best coaches you know, to, that we've seen, especially in our lifetime. But you look at all the quarter and the coaches that come from, you know, Nick Saban's, I don't know how, when he faces every coach, they call it like Nick Saban versus his understudy or whatever. You think of all those coaches that get head coaching jobs. I think that their offensive coordinator, and I think it's Steve Sarkeesian. Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah. However you pronounce that last name. Um, I think that he's going to step up and this might be a good, a uh, good thing to put on his resume, especially if they win and a big game like the Iron Bowl. Maybe I know Auburn's not as good as everyone thought they would be, but still a big game just because of that big rivalry. So this is definitely going to be a good game to put on his resume when he's looking for a job somewhere else maybe on uh, this offseason. I think Nick Saban being absent is going to affect Alabama more than you guys think. Nick Saban is probably a top three uh, college football coach of all time and when he's not in that locker room when he's not on the sideline it, it really takes a piece out of you as a player it feels like you don't have that one guy you can always count on by your side right and uh, especially with the end game adjustments and such a big um game like the iron bowl right i feel like you know steve sarkeesian you know he bounced around the nfl a little bit now back in uh, alabama uh OCing under nick saban and, you know, he's a good coach, but it's just it's just not the same as Nick Saban. I do think Alabama will ultimately come out with a victory in this game, but I feel like it's going to be tougher than um, you guys are laying on just because Nick Saban is just such a presence um, in the Alabama locker room. I do have to agree with Mike there. I think the biggest thing that he mentioned was the, uh, the in-game adjustments. And Nick Saban's been he's been around that and he's experienced making the in-game adjustments for years and years and years. And I don't know if Steve Sarkeesian has, cause I haven't been in a locker room with him, but just to know that like, he's going to have to step up and take on Nick Saban's roles. I, I don't know how it's going to be. I, I definitely think the presence of Nick Saban is going to be whacked and they're going to, they're, they're going to struggle without him there. I'm not saying that they're going to lose this game, I'm just saying that it might be closer than a lot of people are thinking. Yeah, talking about um in-game in game adjustments really quickly before any of you guys continue on. Nick Saban probably made the best in-game adjustment in all of college football history when he took out Jalen Hurts at halftime and inserted Tua Tagovailoa. And Alabama ended up uh, bouncing back from a rough first half and winning that um, championship game. I forgot who it was against. Was it against Georgia? Georgia? Yeah, so I feel like Steve Sarkeesian just, just obviously we don't necessarily know 
but I feel like he doesn't have like the like the prestige or like or like the legacy behind his name like Nick Saban does because once Nick Saban put Tua in that game, I feel like all the Alabama players were like, all right, you know, Saban knows what he's talking about. I'm gonna rally behind behind him. I don't know if they're gonna do the same for Sarkeesian. I, I mean that that's a good point you guys make up. I just feel like you know when we look at Nick Saban's coaching tree with uh, Kirby Smart, who has been an absolutely amazing coach, uh, Lane Kiffin, who's at Florida Atlantic. I'm pretty sure right now. Yeah. Um. Just that I think that. Sure, Sarkeesian's gonna step up in that role. He's obviously learned behind Nick Saban. He's had he has so much different, uh, good, good, you know, teams that he's been on. I I don't hundred percent know what NFL teams he coached for, but um, I think obviously yeah, it is it is a, an effect not having Nick Saban. But I think I think they're gonna be fine. Of course, they're gonna win too. One more question I want to bounce off of college football before we do switch into Jim Jim Beheim's press conference was just the fact that, I mean, we've seen it with Wisconsin that they've had games canceled and now they're not eligible for, for bowl play and for postseason. What do we think about that rule? It's just it, this, this season's such a depressing season. I feel like it's just screwing over a lot of teams. I think also it doesn't help that the Big Ten started late, so Wisconsin's not going to have a full season of games. I mean, it, it's the rule. I mean, you can't really change anything halfway through a season because right. it just doesn't look, you know, good if you're – it's kind of like the Ravens thing, you know. They would just be doing it for Wisconsin and that just because Wisconsin's a really good team even though they lost to Northwestern. So, it's it's whatever. Uh, I don't think they could change it at this point. It's obviously screwing over those teams that start out late, Pac-12, Big Ten. Um, but – you know, you can't really do anything about it. It's just this season is going to be one that everyone's just going to forget other than maybe hopefully we get a good uh, college football playoff. The, the best thing to remember in college football season. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think it's unfortunate for sure for the teams that aren't able, like Wisconsin, that aren't eligible now to be in the postseason. But at the same time, you know, you want to make it fair for the teams that do play, um, you know, 10 or 11 games like they're doing in the ACC. So I understand it, but at the same time, it's really tough for those teams because Wisconsin, they're a really good team. Um, so, you know, I certainly feel bad for them, wish they were able to, you know, go to a bowl game. But like you said, Matt, this season, it's, it's just, People aren't on a level playing field. I mean, I think Utah played their first game last week, right? So it's it's just a weird year because some teams, they win their seventh, eighth game, and, and Utah is starting the season. So, you know, nobody's going to treat this like a, a regular season. And as you said, hopefully they'll be able to, you know, have a good college football playoff, and that's what people remember. But We'll see how it all plays out. But, yeah, certainly unfortunate for those teams. Mike, do you have any comments on that, or do you just want to kind of switch into Jim Beheim's comments? I mean, you guys are totally correct on what you're saying. Um, you know, you know, it sucks that they don't get to play in bowl games, but the season is just kind of a wash. And I, I it, it really stinks for the seniors who won't get to play yes, um, next year and lose a year of eligibility. But – you know, what are you going to do about it now? You know, they, they, at the end of the day, they just haven't played enough games. 
you know, my co-host pretty much wrapped that up as best as I can. So we're just going to switch over into the uh, Jim Beheim comments. Obviously, for those of new, those of you who don't know the Syracuse basketball story, they had one positive test, and then Syracuse basketball operations were shut down for 14 days, and just because of one positive test, and then they were able to come out and play against Bryant yesterday. But as Tommy said, Bryant tried to cancel the game. Syracuse says they should have. They played really sloppy. They did manage to get the win by one point. I think it was 86 to 85. But after the game, obviously, Jim Beheim went and said that we need we need a unifying ground. We need common ground throughout NCAA, and we need, we need proper rules. Matt, why don't you just take me through what you thought? I mean, I know you and Tommy are both big Syracuse basketball fans. You guys idolized Jim Beheim. What did you think about his comments? I mean, you, you guys just probably saw my – yeah, I got my pajama pants on. Sorry, that, that got into the uh, screen a little. But, um, yeah – it was a really rough game from the start. Uh, Syracuse just didn't look like a Syracuse team. It was like they were first playing together. Like, they had no chemistry at all. And obviously, losing 14 days of practice. I think they had one day to practice before Bryant. But losing that 14 days of practice, you can't have a good basketball team with that. I think basketball is high. It's a big sport on team chemistry and how you flow with your team. Because if you don't have team chemistry and you just have talent – We've seen teams like in the, especially in the NBA, just blow up with really big, really good talent, but no team chemistry. So that's what you're going to need going in. And I think that what Jim Beheim was kind of uh, pointing to is you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the ACC makes you wait 14 days after a positive test or something to that effect in Gonzaga. They had a positive test, isolate everyone and tested the rest of the people and they were all negative and they went on to play their game Yesterday, again, or against Kansas, I'm not really sure. So I think that's what Jim Beheim was saying during all of it. I'm not I'm not even getting highly invested in the college basketball just because, you know, what we've seen in college football with all the cancellations because of positive tests. So you guys could correct me if I'm wrong. But, yeah, I think if, the, if that's the case, then it's definitely not fair. That's why I think the NCAA should kind of come together and have a common ground for everyone instead of just having the conferences do it. Because you could have a team like – Gonzaga and if they're going against Syracuse or some case or like let's say Brian had a positive case and then they isolate everyone and everyone else was negative and then they're practicing every day but Syracuse isn't it's just not fair and I just think to Syracuse to play that game I agree with Jim Bam. it was just silly because Syracuse went out there they could have hurt their resume if they lost thankfully thankfully they just got out of with a win but they just looked awful like it's just you could tell that they weren't practicing at all Tommy, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, there has to be some common ground there. And as you said, it's almost impossible to go out there after being off for two weeks with no practice and then to try to win a game. You know, you're not really going to be any team if you do that. And, you know, fortunately for Syracuse, they were able to get the win. But you're right. There does have to be common ground because that's not fair. And um, I was watching his press conference a little bit. He said if if they were playing Duke yesterday or if this happens in the future and they're playing Duke or yeah, there, you know, there's no contest there. So, you know, they're going to have to figure it out, but at the same time, you know, I think it is a learning curve for everybody. I know that we're a good bit into this um, pandemic, but I'm sure that they'll get sorted out before we get, um, you know, too far into the season here, but yeah, definitely something they got to work on. I mean, we, we talk about um, Nick Saban and being a top college football coach and the, the resume and 
the view about, around his name. I mean, that's Jim Beheim with college basketball. Maybe he doesn't have enough titles to back that up with just one 2003, I think. But he's led a very good Syracuse basketball program for many, many years. Their court is named after him. And he, he has he has a big following. He has a lot of res- – he has he, – he has viewership. I'm trying to think of the word. He has – oh, my God. Fan base. A fan base. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, experience. It's a- he has experience in what he's doing. And when, when he talks, people are going to listen. So let's hope that after his press conference, there's going to be a change to the ruling. Yeah, uh, I, would, I was just going to say, I totally agree with you guys. There should be uniform rules across NCAA basketball. I, I don't know why different conferences have different rules set in place. COVID doesn't um, affect any conference any any differently than the other you know no matter where you are in the country when you get covid you you, you know you got covid it's going to affect you the same way you know it affects uh someone else right so i feel like it's absolutely ridiculous for the nca to be this lazy and um un- unthoughtful to put uh a standard in place across the nca across the nca right and because it, it's just completely unfair if you have Syracuse going out and not practicing for two weeks while Gonzaga is able to, you know, isolate, quarantine, get tested and practice the next day if, if they're negative. Um, so I totally agree with you guys that there needs a uniform uh, set of rules in place across the nation. Matt, did you have any comment before Mike started talking? No, I, I honestly don't remember what I was going to say, to be honest. But um, well, I, I think we kind of touched on just about everything COVID that's going on in the sports world right now. It's obviously been a – it's not a good topic that we want to talk about, but I feel like it's something that we do have to talk about because of everything that is going on. Obviously, just stay safe, stay healthy, keep your six feet away, wash your hands. That goes for everybody, whether you're an athlete or not. And uh, we're going to swing it into goal picks. <laughs> Welcome back to Go Chat. We're back with the Go Picks. Just to finish off this episode, we got four great games. The leaderboard is up right now. Connor is still in first. Me and Mike are tied after the Deshaun Texans uh, beat the Detroit Lions. And Tommy is three games behind us since he decided to take Kansas over Gonzaga. <laughs> well, it's not like it's an awful pick. It's not. It like- was a very good game. Yeah, it was a good game. I can't say I watched it because I was watching football. But I didn't watch I it either. The recap. I watched it at the end. Like, it was close for a little bit. And I was like, oh, boy, I might win this. And then, you know what? Gonzaga just pulled away and it, like, wasn't even close at the end. But Oh, you, you weren't watching your little Yankees bibliography pedia or whatever? <laughs> it's Yankeeography, not bibliography pedia. But, no, uh, no, I, I watched that game and then I switched right back to the Yankees. Okay, well, we got no Yankees games, Tommy. I'm, I'm sorry. We got four great NFL games. We're going to keep the Steelers-Ravens game, put that one aside since we did it last week. But now we got the Texan – or no, the, the Colts and the – Connor, this is way too early in the morning. We got the Colts and the Titans. Connor, who do you have? Let's just get this so, over. We all picked the Titans for when they played on Thursday night, and the Colts won, I think it was 27-14. to 14. I don't see the Colts sweeping this series. I think Tennessee is going to ride their momentum from last week after an overtime win against Baltimore and continue that going where Indianapolis had a hard fought win against green Bay. They had to go into overtime as well. 
But I don't know. I, I think Tennessee is just going to ride the hot hand. I think it's going to be a lot of Derrick Henry. I think he's going to find a way to exploit the Colts' defense and give the Titans a win. Mike? I totally agree with you, Connor. I, I just think that these teams are just really even. They they have extremely different play styles, you know. Tennessee is more of an offensive-based team while it's the polar opposite for the Colts. But um, I think Tennessee is going to find a way to win this game and after a big win against Baltimore last week. And I just think that while the Colts are a really good team in their own respect, I just think that uh, they're going to split this series. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you guys. I think Colts are the better team, to be honest. Like that, I'm just going to say that, but I don't think they're going to sweep it. I think that that's it's very difficult to sweep a division rival, especially when that division rival is the same record as you. So Don't say that, though. It is easy to sweep a division rival when you are in the AFC East. I mean, the Patriots have done it for years. I mean, I'm saying, like, with, like, a really good team. Like, like they're both the same record, aren't they? Yeah, they're both 7-3. and three. Yeah, so, like, you're going up against 7-3. and three. That's not easy to uh, to win. But I think the Colts can sweep, can take it out, but I got to go Titans. Tommy? I'm going with the home team. I'm going with the Colts. They're going to get the win. They're going to sweep the series. I know it's difficult to do, but they're going to get it done. I think they're going to win this, you know. It hasn't paid off for me when I've differed from you guys, but you know what? It's got to happen sometime, so we'll see. You know what, Tommy? You differed the end of the last the last round, and you got within one game. So maybe it's going to work. It's not, but hey, maybe. You, yeah, you never know. Never know. Okay, Tommy, whatever you say so. Um, next game we got is the Vikings-Panthers. Connor, I'm going to start with you. Course. You know, I've I've come on the show and I've been very high on on the on the Vikings. I was rooting for them big last week against the Cowboys. They weren't able to get that done. Well, why were you high for on them? the Vikings? Yeah, when it... I I said on here just a couple weeks ago that I think they could sneak into the playoffs. Oh, you think yeah. every team could sneak into the playoffs? You said the Falcons. Yeah, you said the Falcons at three and seven were going to sneak into the playoffs. No, 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 no. I said the Falcons weren't out of the division race. Is what I said. Oh, no, you so done to the playoffs. You change your thing every time. You're like, no, I did, I didn't say this. I said that, and then we say, you know, you said that. You said no, I said this. I think you guys are delusional. It's ten forty-seven in the morning. I think uh, okay, Mister Dementia, go ahead. You guys need to go back to bed. Anyway, I am going to pick the Vikings here. I think they are a really good team. Dalvin Cook is going to be NFC Offensive Player of the Year, maybe even a candidate for the MVP. So I, I see the Vikings winning this game rather easily against the Panthers. Mike? Uh, I'm going to go with the Vikings as well. The Carolina Panthers' r- rush defense is is bottom three in the league, and we saw what Dalvin Cook did to the Cowboys um, last week. Even though they lost the game, he rushed for 120 yards. I could easily see him going for 150-plus this game. Yeah, I got to go with the Vikings. Uh, Carolina, we don't even know if Teddy Bridgewater is 100% ready to play. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure Teddy's going to play. But but even if, regardless if it's Philip Walker or Teddy Bridgewater, I'm still going with uh, the Vikings. DJ Walker. His name is actually Philip, though. So I'll, I'll give Mike that, okay? <laughs> but I'm going with the Vikings. Tommy? Yeah, I agree with you all. I am going to go with the Vikings. I just think that they're slightly better than the Panthers. I think they'll get the win. Are the Vikings home? No. They're the home team. Oh, they are the whole team. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I don't think they are. They are. 
I'll search that while Connor picks the next game. It's I'm looking at it right now. They're the home team. Okay, Tommy. Uh-huh. I'm just going to double check. Double check. I'm looking at it. All right, here we go. The Vikings are the home team. <coughs> Take us away. Next game. Let's go. Vikings or Rams 49ers. Rams 49ers. Um, 49ers have had just a lot of pieces missing on defense throughout the entire season, going all the way back to week two when they were on the MetLife turf and had, I think, three torn ACLs in the same game on their defensive line. Um, I think the Rams are going to win this game. The Rams are going to come off a really good win against the Bucks and just continue to continue to flow well. Mike? Um, I'm going with the Rams as well. Like Connor said, they're coming off a big win. 49ers are absolutely decimated by injuries. Uh, this is a Rams win here. Yeah, you know, every every episode we come on and we pick games. I feel like sometimes we have that fourth game that, you know, just doesn't fit with the rest because we're all going to go one side. Not this week, but, you know, most weeks. So I think this is the one game that is just kind of that we're all going to go one side. I'm going to go with the Rams. Hopefully, Tommy, Rams are home. You were right on the Vikings, by the way. So He was looking see? at it, Matt. <laughs> I was literally looking at it. Like, it's not like I was guessing. I'm going to go with the Rams, another home team. They're going to get the win here. Um, not too much to say about it. I just think they're going to win. Okay, last game we got Kansas City Chiefs versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay is home, Tommy. Connor, you went against Tampa Bay last week. Are you going to do it again? Absolutely. I don't, I don't think this game is going to be close. In all reality, I don't think this is going to be a close game. Kansas City is leaps and bounds above where Tampa Bay is right now. Tampa Bay is one of the top overrated teams in the NFL because they have a explosive offense at times, but other times we see that it just falls right on their face. Like we did see against the Rams. I think Kansas city is going to win this game probably by at least 10. Mike. Um, I, I agree that Kansas city is going to win. I, I disagree on the point that, you know, the bucks have no chance that Kansas city is going to win this game, but uh I mean, obviously, I think Kansas City is going to win this game, but I think it's going to be a closer game that, than uh, you put on. And I think uh, the Bucks are going to go out there and compete, but I think Kansas City then is going to win the game. Yeah, Connor kind of alluded to our last episode, so if you haven't checked that out, go check out NF- NFC or NFL overrated teams. Uh, we obviously talked about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but going back to this, I'm going to have to go with the Chiefs. I'm never going to pick Tampa Bay again. If we do Tampa Bay and Bickham, unless, unless I think it's blatantly – going to be Tampa Bay I'm not going to go to Tampa Bay because I just wasn't having the luck and obviously Tom Brady you can just you know uh retire please Uh, Tom Brady's a sore loser yeah don't even get me started about that I'm gonna go with the Kansas City Chiefs big game from Patty Mahomes Tommy Buccaneers are home yeah I'm not gonna go with the home with the home team I think that um Kansas City they're just much better but at the same time I agree with you Mike I don't think that it's going to be a blowout because I don't think it can be right for the Buccaneers to have a chance to really compete I think they have to play well in this game I think they're going to come out and play really well I don't think that they're going to win but they have to start turning things around they're a really talented team that hasn't quite lived up to their potential and I think that they're going to come out ready to go they know Uh, what this game means they're going against one of the best in the game Patrick Mahomes so I think they're going to play well but Kansas City's going to come out with a win I think you guys are going to be surprised by the final outcome of that game I I don't think it's going to be close Tommy the 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 Buccaneers are going to have fans buddy 
I know. Hey, I got Buccaneers go. had fans against the Rams last week, and I mean, Tommy, Tommy, I'm give you a one-time chance. Do you want to switch to the home team right now? I don't want to switch. I think that Kansas City's going to win this, no problem. But, um, but the Buccaneers are going to play well. They're going to put up a fight. Yeah, they're going to play I well. I don't think they do. We've seen that. We've seen Tampa Bay get blown out before, and now they're going up against the number one offense in the league. Uh, they're going to get blown out. The only problem I have with Kansas City is they don't have a defense. They don't have a relatively, like, defense. A defense to stop the pass rush or the passing. If Tom Brady is actually playing like a decent quarterback. So that's what I think is going to be. I think Tampa Bay is going to put up a fight. I'm going to have to agree with them. As much as I hate Tampa Bay, I think it's going to be a better game than you think, Connor. But, Connor, I honestly, I hope you think you're right. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Like, to be honest, that's, that's just me being, like, honest. I hope well, you're just, right. Just, I, I'm right most of the time, so. You yeah, are. you were right about that Ohio State spread. We'll definitely remember. <laughs> um, even though he, he – I don't want to get it. He texted us like 30 minutes before. Like, how's that Ohio State spread? I text back, crickets. <laughs> no response, nothing. He was too scared to even say a word. To be, I, I had. That's going to wrap up a great episode number 55. It's been a great one here with the guys. We're going to be back again on Wednesday. Wednesday. I forgot our schedule for a second. But until then, definitely just go hit that subscribe button, follow on Instagram. Um, like all our videos, we do appreciate the support. Let's try to get those numbers back up to where they were a couple couple weeks ago. But overall, we do appreciate it. Obviously, stay safe, stay healthy. We hope you had a great Thanksgiving. And ring into the holiday season with your family. Definitely a good time to be with your family right now. Go Chats going to be back on Wednesday.